Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Monica Yates here with me. And this episode is all about feminine energy, magnetism, and embodiment. And I'm so pumped for you to jump in. Monica is a life coach, period whisperer, and speaker who helps women get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy. Over the years, Monica has become an expert in helping women step out of their masculine armor and tap into the core of their feminine desires and live a life of alignment. Through the use of trauma healing, inner child healing, womb clearing, womb activation, subconscious reprogramming, embodiment, and somatic work, and many other modalities, Monica has helped thousands of women heal from their cycle, reconnect with their period, and break their trauma cycles and no longer be triggered by the past. We dive into so much in this episode and I know you're going to get so much out of it. So make sure that you take notes if you want to check out the show notes to where to find Monica after you listen. And without further ado, let's welcome Monica to the show. Welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here as well. Yeah. I would love to hear um, you open up about a little bit of your journey and what led you doing the beautiful work that you're doing today in the world. So like long story short, because it's a very long story. <laughs> yeah. I used to like hate being a woman. I thought that it wasn't that I wanted to like necessarily actually be a man. It was just that I thought men had it so much easier. I thought they had it better in the world. I thought being a woman was just like such a hard thing to do. Like we have periods all the time. Like we're the ones that have to give birth. Everything's harder for us. Like we have to work harder in the workforce to get anywhere, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I really idolized my dad. And so I kind of, I was daddy's little girl. And so it was like, in order for me to be successful, I need to be like dad. So I need to work crazy hours, be high corporate, just, you know, the classic corporate job that, that you see in the way that men kind of just burn out in corporate and the way that their lifestyle is and that kind of stuff. Um, and I really thought that being like feminine and being a woman was just like soft and weak and lame and just like not cool. I really was like the masculine's cool, the feminine isn't cool. Um, so, I mean, I've always been very fiery, always been very passionate and confident, but the way that I um, was firing passion. It was from a very angry place when I was young. It was like carrying through all that anger that we held as women and anger towards men. Um, and so like, I'm still fiery and passionate and all that kind of stuff now, but it's from like a passion place and from love and from my heart. It's not from my head. It's not from my ego. Like it used to be anyway. So long story short, 
um, got my period, hated having my period. I had the world's heaviest period ever. I would wear a super tampon and two maternity pads and it would still bleed through. I bled through mattresses. I bled through sofas. Like I just would constantly be bleeding. I literally remember like getting home from school and I would just sit on the toilet for like two hours with my laptop on my period because it would just, it would just gush out of me like pee. So I would just sit there. Then instead of having to like walk around the house and stuff, I would ruin clothes left, right and center. Like I really hated having a cycle. I hated being a woman, all that stuff. So went on the pill as most women do to like, quote unquote, fix my cycle. You know, the doctors don't tell you, oh, you have high estrogen. It was just like, oh yep, go on the pill. Like this is going to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I was on the pill for a couple of years. And I thought that was of course the bee's knees. Cause it was like, cool. I can skip my period whenever I want, blah, blah, blah. Um, I never, it's funny thing. I never actually skip my period on the pill. Well, that's not actually a period. It's a drug induced bleed, but mm-hmm. I never actually skipped the bleed on my pill. But then when I went to come off the pills, before I came off the pill, I started to get my period every two weeks and it wouldn't like it was bleeding through the pill basically. Um, so it kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, something is up. And I started losing a lot of weight rapidly and nothing had changed. Um, and I was like, okay, something's up because I'm eating so much food and I don't overexercise or anything. Like something's wrong with my body. And the fact that I'm bleeding every two weeks, is like, it's not right. It got to the point where I would like eat a meal and I would shit the meal straight out. Like it'd be in the toilet. Like there was no time in between. So anyway, I came off the pill and I didn't get my period back for 18 months. And of course, at the beginning, I was like, this is fucking awesome. I don't have a period. Like, this is great because I hated having my period. Mm-hmm. And then after like 12 months, it was my mom that was like, I'm actually really worried about you now. Like, we need to get you to see someone. And I kind of eventually was like, yeah, this probably isn't the greatest thing. And I had absolutely no libido. I had no desire in men, like... nothing. It was just like, there was nothing going on in terms of like feminine energy, sexual energy. And that's just not right when you're like 21 years or or I was 19 at the time. Like that's not okay. So I went to go see a naturopath and it honestly like didn't really work. Like I was on a million herbs and nothing was really happening until my new boyfriend then came into my life and I swear to God, he got my period back. And it's funny when you look at the research, I now, this is kind of how I then got into all like the subconscious and energy side of periods because nothing changed until he was in my life and he was very masculine. So he would really force me into my feminine and um, he would trigger me because I had all my shit to fucking deal with that I hadn't dealt with. He would trigger me and whatnot, but he really like didn't take any of my, you know, I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man bullshit. Like it was like, I'm the man, you're the woman. Like, let me do everything for you. And like, you need to learn to fucking receive. Um, and I was very cold back then. Like my energy was really cold and he would tell me to like warm up and like blah, 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 and be more nurturing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then yeah, over the months of being with him, I would start, I started to get my libido back and I started to get my hormones back. And he was the one that actually was like, your period's coming back soon. And I was like, how do you know? And he's like, you, like as your hormones change through your cycle, you taste different. That's how I know that your cycle's coming back. Oh, wow. Lo and behold, I got my period back. Um, and it's, it stayed around or whatever. I was with him then my period came back and it wasn't because of like, I'm pretty sure by that point I actually stopped taking my, my herbs. I was just like, these aren't working. I'm sick of paying all this money kind of thing. Um, and then I got my period back and it was really a result of like, 
all the hormones of being with him, the dopamine, the serotonin, the oxytocin, um, just like the feel good feelings, right? Me being in my feminine, my stress being reduced, all that kind of stuff and feeling like looked after by a man. Um, cause my dad was very emotionally un- unavailable. Um, he was there all the time, but he just like, you know, he's got his shit. And so he just wasn't a very emotional, a very emotional dad. And so I really internalized like that's just men that like men just don't show emotions. Like all men are emotionally unavailable. Um, but he wasn't my, my boyfriend at the time wasn't anyway, then I had a really bad, so at that point, I then started to be like, okay, there is something to do with like the feminine energy subconscious that's got to do with your period because like, this is crazy. And I was very into like understanding human psychology and the subconscious brain at this point. And I started to read all about my, all about periods. And I just discovered this whole world. And I was like, why did no one teach us this shit at school? Like at first I was angry at first when I found out about all the powers of our cycle, the different phases of our cycles, how we can use the different phases to our advantage. I was like fuming. It was like, I've been to all these fucking sex ed classes. My parents have paid so much money for my fucking schooling. And I don't even know how my own body works. Like what the fuck? I know how to do algebra, yet I don't know how my body works every month. Um, So I started doing my own research into it. And I already had an Instagram at that point doing like food photography. And that's what I did back then. And uh, I started talking about it and I just got so much interest. And at that point on social media, I was one of the very few that was like a period coach, like really started talking about periods online. Now it's like much more like of a trendy thing. It's kind of become a thing. So I did my life coaching certification and X, Y, and Z wellness certifications. I then became like a period coach. So I was very focused on helping women get their periods back understanding their cycles, balancing the hormones. I was nailing it. And I just kept seeing this trend of like women that aren't in their feminine are missing their period or they have a really shit cycle or PCOS or whatever. I just kept having this link. Then I got into a really bad ski accident and I was in hospital for a while. I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair for ages and I lost my period again, obviously, because the amount of stress my body was under. My body was like, the world is in a safe place. We're not making any babies. Let's shut this shit down. So I lost my period again. Um, and then it was funny because then like a couple months into that, I still hadn't, I still hadn't got my period back um, after like three or four months of having the accident. And I started to feel a bit like a fraud because I was like, I got my period back and it's fucking missing again. And I knew it was related to the stress of the accident. Yeah. And my body went under a lot of, like I had like three surgeries, like it was a lot. Um, and then I was on Instagram live one night and I just basically said to everyone, like, I feel like a fraud guys, because here am I helping you to understand your period. And I've lost mine for the second time. And then the next morning I woke up and then my period. And that's Whoa. when I was like, okay, there is so much to do with like energy and your period. And then, so I basically combined all my energy stuff and my um, like trauma, subconscious brain, all that stuff combined with my, with all the period knowledge that I had. And that's kind of like now such a big component. I would say it's 80, 80% of my business and um, 20% is period stuff, like the health, nutrition, like physical body stuff. Yeah. And I have like, I have countless women coming to me all the time with missing periods, can't fall pregnant for some reason, or like PCOS that won't fuck off. And then they do all this energy work and like periods return, women fall pregnant, PCOS disappears. Like I can't even explain how it works. Like I, I can't even put it into words, but like, it's like every time I run on my programs, Queen Alchemy, every girl that comes in, she will get a period back. And I'll have like wow. four or five around with no period. And I will have like women that have not been able to fall pregnant for years. Doctors can't figure it out. 
they fall pregnant. Like I, it will, the, the way that it works in terms of how I see it is just like, you've cleared your body of all that trauma and all those energetic blockages that are holding you back from things and that make your body subconsciously feel unsafe mm. from bringing a baby into the world, unsafe for having a cycle, all this stuff. And when you heal all of that, and when you're really in your feminine, you feel so safe and you feel so at one and so at peace with yourself and your life that then like, you could fall pregnant and you can get your period back X, Y, and Z. And yeah, like it's honestly crazy. Like women will like pay so much money to go to these insane high up doctors and they'll just be like, I, I don't know. And they'll get to a point where they need to go on like hormonal replacement therapy and they're like 20 years old wow. and the doctor can't figure it out. And then they get their period back. And of course I'm always like, fuck, I hope this works. <laughs> I'm like, don't be the one client that doesn't work. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And that's now what I do. That's so interesting. And I, I like, I want to, I feel like I have so many questions for you now. (laughs) So how do you, like when, when you're working with people like around that, how do you determine like what the energetic issue is or what needs to happen in order to shift it? Is it like a trial and error type thing? Is it, well, once you know the root of something, then you kind of know where to guide them. So um, it's honestly varies for each client, but as like a general consensus, some, when someone comes to me and they have period issues, my first kind of question is like, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Because if they haven't done the nutrition and X, Y, and Z, I'm like, okay, well, that's like the first port of call because that's obviously really important for you to be doing for your cycle. And I always say do that first with cycle stuff because then you kind of tick that box of like, you know, it's not nutrition based. If you've done that for three months and nothing has changed in your cycle, then you know, it's an energetic thing. Um, And then, I mean, it's kind of like every client's different, but if they come to me and they've told me like daddy issues, any kind of sexual abuse, any trauma, any abuse at all, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, that's going to make their subconscious feel really unsafe to be in the world, which will affect their cortisol, which will affect their estrogen and progesterone. That's going to affect their cycle. Um, If there's any kind of, you know, mummy issues, for example, that can often lead to women struggling to fall pregnant because they have all this resentment or anger towards their mom. And so they don't want to be a mom themselves and that's kind of that bond that can be created. Um, Other women, it's just they're so in their hypermasculine and they don't realize how that's affecting their adrenals. And if you're throwing your adrenals off all the time because subconsciously you're just like just constantly hustling and going and being in your masculine. If your adrenals are thrown off, your cortisol is going to be, and that's going to affect your estrogen and progesterone, and that's going to affect your cycle, for example. And then, you know, a lot of women, we hold, as women, we hold the energy we hold, um, sorry, our emotions in our cervix and in our womb. And so if you have got trauma around your cervix and your womb, and I want to preface that like trauma doesn't, I actually did a whole IG live on this of like your trauma does not, the other day, your trauma doesn't need to be rape. It can literally be dad not being around when you, you were young. Your trauma can be that mum said no to you once when you were younger. It literally can be anything. It's about how you perceived it as a kid. Um, so like I had an idyllic childhood, but I still had plenty of trauma that I just wasn't aware of because I thought my problems aren't big enough compared to somebody else's. And it's never about like your problems aren't big enough. Everyone's problems are valid and we all deserve to kind of be free of this shit holding us back. Um, so yeah, as women, because we hold so much energy and so much emotion in our womb and our ovaries and our cervix, when you haven't dealt with that stuff, it's going to obviously be affecting your cycle, your fertility, all that kind of jazz. And then obviously the feminine energy component is such a big one. I mean, your cycle is the essence of the feminine. So if you don't um, love being in your feminine energy. If you don't know how to be in your feminine energy, if you're constantly in your masculine, if you think the feminine is weak, all that kind of stuff, then that's going to be affecting your cycle energetically as well. 
Wow. That's, that's, uh, it would make sense if you think about it on, on that level. Um, yeah. so people, do they, do people come to you as well? I'm sure that do get regular periods, but they feel like they need some healing around a sexual trauma or womb healing. I know that you do like womb healing yeah. activation. What does that look like and look like for people? Yeah. So people, sorry, you guys. For people who are new to this sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, people don't have to come to me just for period issues. That's just like a component of what I do. I have clients coming to me just because they want to be more confident. They want to have, you know, um, they want to have more fun in their life. They want to be more sensual. They want to be more in their feminine. They want to be better with their boundaries. Like it can be absolutely anything, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not just like the coach where I'm like, Oh, just journal out how that feels for you. Or like, just meditate on it. I'm really about like the trauma healing, the going in, the fixing the root, that kind of stuff. I'm not the, I'm not the coach that gives you so much homework that you're like, this is adding to my to-do list. I'm the coach where in the one hour call, your eyes are closed a lot of the time and I'm taking you through a bunch of processes to clear shit. So at the end of the call, you're like, holy fuck, I can feel a million times better. And you don't need to add a million things to your to-do list, if that makes sense. It's like a smaller amount of things on your to-do list to integrate. So womb healing is basically, as it kind of sounds, of like when you have stuck energy, when you've got somebody else's energy, because when you have sex with someone, you actually take a piece of their energy and you store it in your body, especially as a woman, because we're the receivers. So you are, you are holding on to people's energy that you've been in contact with. Even if it's just like you've been on an airplane and you've been sitting next to like a disgusting person the whole time that's made you feel so yuck in your body you'll be holding that in your womb. I mean, some women could, um, may know of experiences where they're like, you know, let's just say walking down the street or at a restaurant and something frightens them and their whole body clenches, your womb clenches as well. And the walls of your vagina clench at the same time. And that causes your whole body to freeze and your muscles to tense up. And if you don't then release that, your muscles are really tense and that causes the painful sex. Just like when you're stressed all the time and your shoulders are up and your your shoulders and your neck get so fucking tight from your muscles being so tense. It's the same thing with like your womb, your cervix um, and the walls of your vagina, all those muscles. So by by healing them and by releasing them and doing all the de and all that kind of stuff, you relax your muscles again so they're open to receiving and you're not having pain down there. It's not going to affect the chi energy, which is just like the energy that's rolling around in your body and flowing through because your chi energy affects your cycle as well. It affects the consistency of your blood, the color of your blood, your libido, just how energized you are for the day. And if you've got all this tense energy in your body, that's going to be affecting it um, as well. So that's kind of the healing side. And then the activation side is just that our womb is like a woman's powerhouse. It's where all our creativity is. It's where we can tap into our intuition and we can just get infinite amounts of wisdom and downloads and ideas and all this kind of stuff. And when you're really tapped out of it, you're not going to feel like you have all these creative ideas, that you're really at one with life, that you're that you're sensual, that you're in your hips. You won't feel like you can move your hips very easily. Your hips will feel tight all the time, that kind of stuff. And so in order for you to activate your feminine, you want to be able to open up your hips and feel really engaged and um, connected to your womb. And so when you're doing womb activation, that basically just gets you into that part of your body. So you start to feel that connection again to your body. So does that entail like certain movements as well to open up your hips, I'm assuming? 
Yeah. So even if you're just like, um, on the ground, I mean, you can just do it in, um, like when you're on all fours, for example, people often just do like cat cow and it's like, you can just put some central music on and even just flow through the cat cow a bit more and really move your hips. And that's even an example of like activating your womb center. And the more that you do it, the more that you're in your feminine, you'll find that you get the, the more that your hips get really flexible. You'll find that you can arch your back more and that kind of stuff. When if you're a woman and you watch other women dancing and you're like, how can she move her hips that well it's because her feminine energy is so open and activated and there's a lot of like stuck tense um energy that's in your hips which is blocking you from being able to feel really open and like free in that part of the body wow that's that's so that's so interesting i makes sense though um so do you also teach like how to manifest and tap into that intuition from the womb space yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is some, some women find that they are, their intuition feels stronger in their heart. Some women find their intuition feels stronger in like their third eye, their head area, some women, their womb. And I'm really about like, find what feels good for you. Like you don't, if I, just because I'm saying your intuition is in your womb, doesn't mean that you need to stop listening to your heart or everything, anything. It's just like, listen to your whole body. Right. Um, but when it comes to like manifesting, manifesting is about you need to receive. So a lot of women, they try and manifest, but they don't know how to receive. Their body isn't used to receiving. Their mind isn't used to receiving. Their heart isn't used to receiving. And they subconsciously do not know how to receive. They can't receive from men. They can't receive from friends. They can't receive with sales. They, they just don't know how to do it. And so they're trying to manifest so hard. They're putting all this outwards energy towards what they want, but they're not sitting back and letting it come to them. And that's actually what you should be doing when you're manifesting is you don't need to do a pile of outward energy. You actually need to learn how to receive. And that res- that like you being in receivership is you being in your feminine. Like the feminine is receiving, the masculine is doing. So if you're writing in a journal every fucking day, but you don't know how to receive it's like the manifestation might come to you and you could push it away. You could self-sabotage with it. You could be kind of dangled the carrot in front of your, in front of your face, not because the universe is ever trying to trade, trade, um, play tricks on you. The energy that the universe is working with is, is energy, right? So if, if it's trying to give it to you and your energy isn't like, oh, let's bring it in towards me, let's receive, then it can't come to you if that makes sense. So I know you asked me before we got on, like, um, uh, like feminine sales. And I was even saying to one of my one-on-one clients today, cause she was saying how like her old coach told her that she had to do, um, a live every day for a hundred days. And I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds horrendous <laughs> and exhausting. And so just like unrealistic anyway. Um, and I was like, Oh no, that's not what we do. We're like in receivership when we're selling. So when you're in a launch, you're having baths at 2 PM. That's what we do when we're launching. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm always, I mean, I'm always launching because I don't find launching hard. I'm not putting outwards energy when I'm launching, right? I'm in my flow. I'm in my creative flow. Yes, that we have, yes, we have ideas. Yes, we have masculine structure so that I can be in my feminine. Like that's really important. You have to have the masculine in order to be in your feminine, but I'm not pushing and hustling in a launch because I, my energy shouldn't be outwards. My energy should be inwards so that I can actually receive all the clients and the money and the new women coming in. So I'm having baths in the morning. I'm walking my dog in the middle of the day. Like 
I'm meditating at 3 p.m. Like that's what I'm doing during a launch. And that allows me to then get those downloads and the spares of inspiration. So I'm like, oh, I want to do a live on this. And it doesn't feel like a planned, it's never a planned live. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, I'm jumping on live in five minutes. And I all of a sudden I'm on an Instagram live and it's just flowing. It's not exhausting. I don't need a fucking nap afterwards. It's not <laughs> hard work because it's just come through me versus this like, ridiculously structured launch plan where it's like that actually can be really helpful because you do need that masculine structure in business, of course. But if you have written, do a live on like, I don't fucking know, like period health and you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do that, but you're like forcing yourself to do it. Like that's not even going to fucking make you any money because it doesn't feel good when you're doing it. So Mm -hmm. no one's going to be attracted to it. And then you've just burnt yourself out versus the feminine is like, I don't feel like doing that today. Let's push it off to maybe next week or I'll keep it on the radar and I'll do it when I feel like it. That's how I flow. So my team will like give me ideas, for example, of like, oh, I just thought of this money. This could be a good thing to do. And it's kind of like on a list. So like I could flick through the list if I wanted to of like, oh, this one's calling me, this one's not. But most of the time, it's just like, if I'm in my free flow, then ideas come to me when I'm pushing. And if I'm in my outwards energy, like nothing can come towards me. It's the same with manifestation. If I'm like if I'm in this like stressed state, I can't manifest. But when I'm relaxed and receptive and chilling out, miracles are the norm. And that's that's really the true magic. I know I've been in many phases of my journey of like the do, 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 and trying to do more mm-hmm. and do more. And I reached points where I reached like complete burnout from launching yeah. or wanting to do anything. Um in the beginning, I used to do videos a lot, but I really enjoyed it. And like, then gradually it was like, okay, once a week, if that, or once every other week is good for me when I want to, and it feels so much better that way. How do you launch your stuff? I'm kind of do it in a similar way. Like I, I have like a rough plan, but I also allow a lot of space Mm. for flow. Um, Mm. I've definitely, it's been a learning journey for me with the whole launch thing. And I know a lot of people can relate to this of like, there were many times where I felt like I had to do more in order for it to be successful or get the results I wanted. And then I found myself feeling really frustrated because I was putting out more energy than I wanted to. And so I, I finally was like, okay, I'm not doing this like this anymore because my energy is number one. And if I'm giving out more than I even want to, like energetically, like draining wise, like, you know, like how you said, if if it's not something you want to do, then it's not going to be good. No, you don't make the money anyway. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not doing I did all this for nothing. Money comes in. Yeah. And then, and then finally, when you put your hands up in the air, you're like, fuck this. All the money comes in. You're like, wait, how does that work? And it's like, that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the pressure. Yeah. I would love for for you to talk more on that. Like the, the selling, the receiving, like in business, the receiving, cause you know, obviously, yes, we need to take action and Mm. be consistent with our work, but there's that balance of like, you know, being able to be in flow and feel really good to receive more clients, money, you know, ease, flow. A lot of women don't feel like they're worthy of receiving. There's there's a there's a wound called the inconvenience wound. And a lot of women have it. And basically 
it's this wound of like, I don't want to be an inconvenience. So if I'm being too loud, I'm an inconvenience. If I'm not doing anything, I'm an inconvenience. Like I talk about this with like emasculation of like, for example, um, I came back from my trip in Switzerland and we had to like do all this fucking travel shit to get through Brexit and whatever. And we got to our taxi to take us over the tunnel, like into London cause we were in France. And, um, we got out of the car and I was holding my dog jelly. And I said to James, I was like, Oh, do you need like, what do you want me to do? And he's just like, just stand there and hold jelly. And so many women in that moment would have been like, no, no, I have to do something. And they would have just started to quote unquote help, but actually get in the way. Cause they don't know how to just let themselves receive from the masculine or even receive from the feminine. If it's like a girlfriend of yours, it doesn't matter. Um, if she was doing something nice for you. And like, those are the moments where so many women are like, I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to just stand here and do nothing. I have to do something. And then I use that example because he had to, he had to pack this taxi, like a fucking jigsaw puzzle. And if I was trying to get in there and quote unquote, help him, it actually would have caused him more stress. But me standing there being out of the way, allowed him to be in his zone of genius, packing the car. It was done faster. No fights were caused X, Y, and Z. Cause I wasn't trying to quote unquote help. Like I was able to trust that when he said to me, just stand there and hold jelly, he actually meant just stand there and hold jelly. And so a lot of women think like, it just can't be that easy. We just don't know how to receive. We don't think we're enough. Or we think that if we're receiving, then we're being greedy or we're being lazy or we're being weak. And it's actually not about you being lazy, greedy, weak, X, Y, and Z. It's literally about the feminine energy received. I know that I can fucking pack my own car if I wanted to, but I don't want to. And that's like the whole thing of like, I know ladies that you can fucking cook your own dinner, but you don't want to. It's so much nicer when a man cooks dinner fucking for you, right? And it's like, that's where it's like learning to receive. And women can't even receive a man holding open a door for them. So how the fuck can they expect themselves to receive like $10,000 coming into their bank account or something like that? Because the energy of that is way bigger than the energy of a man just holding open a door for you. So when it comes to receiving and stuff, receiving is not just about like, thanks. Receiving is actually about like your body being able to open to that energy and take it and hold that energy. And a lot of people, they're so stressed all the time. And if you're stressed, think of it like when you drop a pebble in the, in like water, right? It has that ripple effect. Now, if you're not stressed, that ripple effect will be really big. And think of it like your own aura, right? When you're not stressed, your aura is really big. When you're stressed, your aura shrinks and it gets really small. So when your aura is small and someone tries to give you something and you're stressed and you can't receive it, and you can't receive it because your aura doesn't have the space and the capacity to hold that energy. But when you're not stressed, when you're relaxed, when you're in your, when you're in your reason, when you're in your feminine energy, your aura is big that someone can hand you $10,000 and you're like, thanks. And you just kind of like put it in a little pocket in your aura and you're like, we're good to go because your nervous system is relaxed. So it can actually receive that, that thing. Um, but a lot of women are just, a lot of women don't even realize that they are constantly in this like overactive masculine energy all the time. They have this perfectionism syndrome. They're constantly working, hustling, long to-do lists, next thing, next thing, next thing. And you don't have to run a business to be this woman. You can be a stay-at-home mom, but you're still in the same mindset. Get up, do the kids, make them breakfast, then do this, then go to the mall, run all these errands. And you're constantly going that you're never present. You're never in your body. So you don't even realize that you're not receiving. I mean, you don't even realize when you're emasculating your partner, for example, because you're in this like 
this constant, you're in your, you're in your head all the time and you're like a robot just getting through the days and you're not enjoying your days. But the more that you slow down, the more time that you have, because the more presence that you have, and therefore you actually like receive every moment, um, of those, of those kind of, uh, of the day you receive every moment of the day. So when it comes to selling, when it comes to business X, Y, and Z, I understand why people are like in a launch, I got to be like doing all these lives X, Y, and Z. But my argument is like, you, well, you should have already proven to your clients that you're the one to hire before the launch. Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting to cram in seven lives in a week when you could have done those seven lives in the whole month before that you're launching it? So when you're in launch, you, you can spend your time talking to people in the bath, chilling out, relaxing, and not stressing about, I got to get these amount of people and hit these digits X, Y, and Z. All of that like heavy finance, money, digits, boom, kind of like Excel spreadsheet crap is like so masculine and when you're doing that, not from a heart space, you're doing it from a head space, it's draining. So it's different, right? I have masculine structure in my business so that I can be in my feminine, right? But the reason why that's the case is because the feminine needs the masculine in order to relax. It's like when you go on holiday and you go on holiday with a man, you're really relaxed. But if you went on that same holiday by yourself, you wouldn't be as relaxed. And the reason why is that you have to be on. You got to have your wits about you. You got to be planning everything, figuring out the directions. And that's really exhausting to the feminine. We're, like We are not made in the same way that men are made. Our nervous systems are more sensitive than men's nervous system. This is why when majority of the time, when women get really, really stressed and everything's overwhelming, we break down. When men get really stressed and when everything's overwhelming, they often use that as fuel and they keep going. They want to fix the problem. We have a completely different ability in the way that we hold stress. So that the Excel spreadsheets and whatever, they're important. When you're only looking at them in your business, you can see how easy it is to get fixated on these digits and these numbers. And it's like your job is not a wealth manager for a company where that is your job. Your job, if you're a businesswoman, like I'm assuming like you're probably a coach, something like that, listen to this podcast, your job is to be the muse for your clients. That's your job. And you being obsessed with your fucking numbers is low vibrational frequency and it's scarcity energy. And people don't realize that. But when you are sitting in that receptive feminine energy of like the amount of women that are meant to be in this program is perfect. Like whoever comes in amazing. You know, if you're aiming for 20, you only get 10. It was only meant to be 10, that kind of stuff. That's what you want to focus on. It's way more fun for you. And your clients feel it and they feel welcome when they come in. If, if, if they feel like a number, they don't feel welcome. But if they get a beautiful email and you send them a DM, like congratulating them with a voice message, they can feel, they can feel that. I think a lot of people don't realize that like people are tapped in more than what we give them credit for. Um, and I think a lot more people are getting tapped into like the authentic people online and the inauthentic people online. And the bottom line is for business owners, you running your business as a woman from a masculine space, it may work for the first year, but it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So you can do it if you want, but it's, you're not going to be able to do it the same way 10 years in. Like you're just not. Something's got to, got to give. It's going to be your hormones. It's going to be your relationship. It's going to be your health. It's going to be you know, your weight, there's going to be something that's going to go absolutely like it's going to go mayhem yeah, because just you can't keep operating like a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautifully said. Um, what are some ways like for people to like really tap into that more? Like, 
and make that shift of being more in that receptive, like flow, um, letting go of the outcome sort of energy um, to start to make that their new norm. Uh, thing I always say, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's not, is you need to actually feel safe in your own masculine in order for you to feel safe in your feminine. So the other, and the other part of that is you need to also let go of your masculine shell. That's a facade and it's a protective mechanism in order for you to be in your feminine. So like, I'm going to give you guys some things, but they're actually doing things. And if you're not really embodied in your feminine, this is going to feel like you're adding to your to-do list. So the first part of call is that you actually want to do the deeper work to heal this shit so that you are feeling safe around men. You're feeling safe in your own masculine and you've healed these wounded masculine shells that are trying to protect you so that you can actually be embodied in your feminine and you feel safe to be in your feminine. And then once you've done that and you can do it beforehand, but it'll feel like a to-do list is things like even like having a bath, but not just like having a bath, like you being in the bath and you feeling the water. Imagine receiving the water. Like I like roll around in the bath. I have the candles going, but I think, I think a lot of people have a bath in a way of like a very, like they're not really in their body when they're having a bath. If that makes sense. They're not feeling the water over their skin. They're not, they're not like, I love to put coconut oil in my bath because then when you run your hands over your body, it's like slippery. And it also smells amazing when you get out of the bath. It's like, they're not enjoying the pleasure of being in the bath, for example. Um, another thing is like honoring your desires. So people have like a fucking morning routine, right? It's like, I get up at this time and I have coffee from this time, write my gratitude, do this journaling, meditate this thing, chant X, whatever. <laughs> that's actually a masculine thing to do. When you wake up and you have that structured practice, that is a masculine practice. Now, some people that are too heavily in their feminine, they need that masculine practice. But a lot of women listening to this do not. Majority of women, unless you um, know about all this work and you've done all the healing, you're in your hypermasculine. The reason I say that is because our world is hypermasculine. So it's like, I don't, unless you have lived like in Hawaii for your whole life in the jungle, you're in your masculine, especially listening to this podcast. Cause you're probably doing three things at the same time whilst listening to the podcast, like you're in your masculine. So the other thing also is to, in the morning, what do you feel like doing? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to journal? Do you want to meditate? Do you want to have coffee in bed? Do you want to have sex? Do you want to have a bath? Do you want to go do Pilates? Do you want to sleep in for another hour? That's honoring your feminine desires, getting up and going when you don't want to, that's not honoring. Now, of course, you have to do life. I'm not saying if you've got an appointment to get to it at 9am that you're just like, oh, I don't feel like it. I'm just going to miss the appointment. No, that's a lack of integrity. And that'd be wounded feminine of like, you've got no discipline in your life and no integrity that you just don't really care about other people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, that you don't have clients to 11. Why the fuck are you getting up at six when you don't want to get up at six? Mm. But, but you think like, well, I've read the 4am workout a week, whatever books you're reading. And it says, I've got to get up at 4am and do X, Y, and Z. And then I've had a successful day. And I'm not, you know, um, I'm not invalidating those books, but those books have been written by, by men, for men. So those books are great for men. Yeah, men, get up at 4am and do a disciplined practice because you will be the best fucking man that day if you did that for yourself. Women don't. So like, I always stay in bed like for so fucking long. I just like roll around in the sheets, cuddle my dog, 
you know, because that's, that brings me pleasure in the morning. And I like that slow start. It doesn't jolt my adrenals into this like crazy cortisol spin out for the whole entire day. Um, even another example is with self-care and self-love and those words that get thrown around. People are like, oh, I've got to do some self-care. I'm going to have a bath, but they don't want to have a bath. They actually want to crack open a bottle of wine, order a pizza and sit and watch Netflix. Cool do that. Like if that's coming from your heart, not this, not like a lazy, like, I don't care about my body. I'm just going to drink a whole bottle of wine and get a pizza because I've had the worst week and I'm not enough, not from that space, but rather from what does my heart really fucking need right now? And like, God, it would feel so good to just like have a glass of wine, put on like, I don't know, Notting Hill and order a gourmet pizza from the Italian restaurant around the corner. Like that would actually turn me on. Cool then do it. People just get stuck into these like crazy routines and they're just mm-hmm. like robots. And that's just not what you want to be doing basically. So there are, there are a couple of like little things that you can be doing day to day, um, that will just allow you to like slow down. And even think of the word slow, just think of the word slow because the word slow has the energy of slow. So even just think of the word slow, um, don't even things like people rush in the shower, Like in the morning, you might notice yourself rushing a bit and you're like, why the fuck am I rushing in the shower? Like stop and breathe like three deep breaths in the shower and actually feel the water on your skin. Don't just like be like, oh yeah, I'm in the shower, like wash my body quick thing where you're not really present there. Like close your eyes and try and feel every droplet on your skin. Like really be that present with like your scent, with the, the feeling and the sensation of the water on your skin slowing down is everything and being present. I remember I had like a major realization of that a few years ago. I realized like I would rush about my day because I used to live in New York City. So I was all about the hustle. (laughs) I love, you know, what's funny. So I love New York. That's where I grew up and I'm meant to be living there, but then COVID. Um, and I was living there before I came to London and that is the place where I feel the most relaxed that and the mountains. That's so interesting. I feel so, yeah, I feel so feminine in New York. It's like bizarre, but I, I mean, I tie it down to the fact that like my soul is just so alive there. And if I'm happy, then I'm going to do more things that slow me down, tune Mm. me in you know, when you're happy, you're more of yourself, right? And our feminine is ourself. So I don't know. I'm just like New York is the place for me, (laughs) but it it is a hustle place for most people. Yeah. I used to live there. I used to hustle. Um, I actually totally forget what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I was in hustle mode all the time there and I was just, it it took a toll on me. I wouldn't, Mm. I was like always doing, 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 um, it was, uh, I took a lot of pride in that for a while too. Uh, and oh, now, now, now I remember what I was going to say. Now I remember yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> so I used to eat, like when I was standing up, I used to eat standing up because mm. I, I would have personal training clients and I would be in and out all the time. And yeah. a, a couple of years ago, I still was eating while I was standing up and like wow. rushing. And I realized like, oh my God, why am I rushing? And eating, standing up and not like actually taking the time to sit down, to be present with my food, to savor every bite. And, you know, it was like a huge shift for me, actually. Something so simple, but it was like ingrained in me for a while. I think people think they have to overcomplicate these things, but like I do sensual eating with my clients and like, it's a simple practice, but it blows their mind of how that 
even changes the relationship with their with with um that they have with food. It blows their mind how them being more in their feminine stops their binge eating, stops them looking in the mirror and being like, "Fuck, I hate my body," because you actually are not operating from like outside of yourself anymore. Like you're so much more present. But even with New York, like. We're influenced by our environment, right? Like I'm a weird case for New York. Let's just put that out there. I'm a weird case for New York. But for majority of people in a city like that, because they can't regulate their own nervous system, they adapt to what's around them, which is most people, what most people do. And so hence New York would just be like really stressful. And something to understand with trauma is that people can get addicted to their trauma because they get addicted to this adrenaline release that they get from being stuck in a trauma cycle. And I actually used to have this. So I used to be addicted to stress. So boredom to me was like the most horrible, uncomfortable feeling, like, like space, like not having anything to do was like torture to me. And I would get off on constantly being stressed. So like if I didn't have a calendar full of things to do, there was like something wrong. So I had to always jam pack my calendar and be rushing. And if I was rushing, I was like enough. Like it was my validation that I was working hard enough. So before I like, before I actually understood how to like run a business from a feminine place, I was like hustling in my business. Like most of us do in the beginning, because for me, like on a surface level, it was the more that I'm burnt out, the more successful I am. You know, people wear their burnout, their exhaustion, their their bags under their eyes, their lack of sleep and their 10 coffees a day as like, I'm crushing it. Like I'm working hard enough. I'm like a good enough man or I'm a good enough woman or I'm going to get dad's validation this way. And it's just like, it needs to stop because it's actually an addiction that it's not healthy. It, it, people don't realize, but like it is an addiction because that release of cortisol is the same as getting, you know, a hit of ecstasy or a hit of cocaine all the time. And we get really addicted to those states of being. And so when we're not in those states of being, our body is like, whoa, what is this? And it gets mixed up with like what should be dangerous. And now all of a sudden boredom is dangerous instead of the cortisol being dangerous which is terrible, obviously, because that cortisol is going to wear your body out like no one's business and give you adrenal fatigue or burnout and a whole host of other things, um, which you don't want. How did you, how did you personally discover like that that was a pattern of yours? Um, so basically what happened for me was, yeah, I was hustling in the beginning of my business. And then this was like maybe a year, no, not even a year. It was like, maybe six months after my ski accident, I was having phantom pain. So if anyone doesn't know it, basically with my ski accident, I had like a big surgery on my left leg. And, um, and if anyone got too close to my leg, I couldn't wear any long pants that would rub on my leg because I had a lot of nerve damage. And so anything that was too sensitive, it would like send this massive shockwave through my system versus if I like, versus if I knew someone was about to touch my leg, it'd be less of a shockwave, but it would still be really stressful for me. And, um, basically what would happen is like if someone was if someone was too close to my leg or if I was like scared of something happening to my leg, I'd be in this really stressed out state. Like it was like my child was like in severe danger and I was the mom. Like it was the weirdest thing happening in my head. And then one night it was like dark outside. It was like dark in my apartment and I went outside my door and I didn't touch this box, but I nearly did. And, um, my, my good leg touched the box and my bad leg didn't. And so in my brain, I thought that my bad leg hit the box and that I really badly hurt my 
surgery leg, but my leg didn't touch the box. It was like still like, you know, 20 centimeters away. And that's when I was like, okay, there's something wrong in my brain. I'm making up pain when it's not there. Like nothing has touched my leg. And I have just had a massive meltdown in tears. Like it was like someone hit me with a hammer, like on my leg and like nothing's touched me. Like I'm not hurt, but it would feel like I was. So I went to this brain like person, like an hour away from me in Sydney where I was living at the time. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but he basically would deal with people that had like phantom pain from like surgeries and accidents or whatever. And it was, I was $600 for the appointment. It was, I had to wait an hour. He was so late and he was, it was the worst appointment I've ever had in my life. The guy told me to meditate and I was like, well, I already meditate. And he goes, meditate more he checked my ab strength and he was like, oh, you got really good ab strength. So like that should be fine then. And then touched my leg and was like, yeah, just meditate and it should go away. And I was just livid. Like I was so, I just felt, I felt so unseen because it was like, it was this really old guy and like nothing against old people, but it was obviously like so outdated. He was so, I've got no patience, but he was so slow. It would take him like 10 minutes to like flip a page in his book. It was just ridiculous. And then I got to the front desk and they were like, it's $600. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Anyway, was like, whatever, gave them my card and it declined. And cause like, I was like working really hard at my business, but not yet making like enough money to pay $600 for like 10 minutes of my life. Um, and it's a client. And so I had to put it on my business card and it was in that moment on the way back in the taxi that I was like, okay, something has to change. Cause I am running out of money. Like I have, n- I have no money left kind of thing. Um, I need to change something anyway. And I got home and I sat on the balcony. I remember it so clearly. And I had my laptop there and I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. Like I was just so sick of pushing at that point. And then literally from that day onwards, it was just like easy. I just went, fuck it. I'm no longer doing shit. Like that's hard. Stop pushing, stop hustling. Cause I have nothing to lose. And then I was like, Whoa, okay. There's something in this, like not trying too hard business. Yeah. And then it's just like escalated since then. And I don't overwork myself basically. Mm, I had a moment like that too. That's powerful. It's like you, you kind of had like this draw draw a line in the sand moment of like I'm done. Yeah, I did. Screw this. Literally, it was it was that. It was like a fuck this. I'm overdoing yeah. it this way. <laughs> I had a moment like that as well, where I I basically just had like a breakdown and I was crying and I was like frustrated. I wanted to like throw in the towel with my business yeah. and things that I was doing, and that I I I was on a call with one of my coaches at that time. I had one of those, like, I'm tired of things being this way. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of doing things, like all these things. And it was like just the declaring of that and like the expression of the frustration was like it shifted the energy completely because it was just like, oh, wow, I don't want to do it like this or I don't have to do it like this. I could, it could be different. Exactly. And the amount of times my clients will be like having a meltdown or something like something's not working. And I'm like, okay, you need to go take a bath, have a massive (laughs) cry, get angry about it and then chill out. And then the next day they're like, oh, everything's great again. I've got like three new sales. I'm like, of course you did. (laughs) Like it was just, you just needed the reminder to like sit back and chill out and then everything worked out anyway. Yeah. I'm curious how you um, describe like balancing the energies of like the doing and the being. Yeah. The I don't see it as something I see it as a dance because women, if you have a feminine core, which is 90% of women and the way that you know is like deep down beside, like beyond all of your ego and your fear. And like, I don't want to admit this. Like, is there any 
better feeling in the world than when a man gives you a massive hug and you're like buried in his chest. And the answer is like, fuck no. Like that is the best, one of the best feelings in the world, right? Um, So that's how you know that you have a feminine core, just like deep down knowing that you're protected and provided for and that you don't have to worry about anything. It's just so nourishing to your body. And then 90% of men have a masculine core, right? So we're just speaking for women. So basically 90% of us, 80, 90% of us is masculine and then 10%, sorry, is feminine. And then 10% of us is masculine, right? So we want to be doing more things that are in our feminine. We want to be more in that receptivity, more focusing on radiance on magnetism and sensuality and fun and pleasure and joy. And then that 10% masculine is like the discipline, the integrity, the drive, the, the show up, even when sometimes you don't want to, but you know that you need to, and then you can chill out afterwards and please yourself afterwards kind of situation. So it's never about balancing. It's always about a dance because the reality is in living in like living in this world and running a business is that some days they are more masculine. Technically some days I am working harder than other days. Some, you know, some weeks are more intense than others. And so it's about being able to dance instead of like judging yourself of like, Oh, I was too masculine today. I was too feminine today. It's allowing yourself to move through the seasons, right? You know, the nature never judges some trees that have more leaves than others, or it never judges a longer winter than normal. It just flows with it. It trusts it and it knows that like spring is coming next, blah, blah, blah. So it's the exact same thing. So if I've had a really masculine day, I will make sure that I try and have a feminine night or a feminine weekend. I've had a really busy week and I feel really tired and I'll really honor myself that weekend and do things that really make me feel amazing and tune into my desires and not overdo it on the weekend. So it's more about balancing. Sorry, it's more about dancing. I don't, I don't like people trying to think about a balance because you can never have a balance. So you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So it's a more of a sense. dance than a balance. It does make sense. Yeah. 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 Because then you can also let them like flow between each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at 3.33, you can be in your masculine <laughs> and then you let yourself at 3.34 be in your feminine. And so instead of having this like strict line of what it's going to look like, it's just more about letting yourself, like put it this way, if you live from your heart, you'll always be in alignment. It's mm-hmm. when you're living from your head that you're not going to be in alignment and that you're going to be like hitting yourself up against a wall. So even in a heterosexual relationship, so a man and a woman, there will be times where the woman is holding more of the masculine and the man is more in the feminine. A majority of the time, it's going to be the other way around. Actually, a lot of relationships these days, the women are wearing the pants and it's from a wounded place of like, well, if I don't, nobody will. And that's a whole other thing in itself. Mm. Um, but so, you know, there's times where even in a relationship, you need to dance with the masculine and feminine. And if you're trying to make this rigid structure in your head of like, well, hold on, I meant to be the woman, so should I be in the feminine? You lose sight of like, what's real in that moment of like, actually he really needs you to hold the space, for example, or he really needs to like have some nurturing or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so when you allow it to be a dance and just listen to your heart, like you can never get it wrong. Basically you can never get it wrong. If you listen to your heart. Mm. That's a really just great reminder of tapping into your heart. Your heart has all the answers. And I talk about the yeah. heart center a lot of like operating from that place that intuition, that, you know, what feels good to me, that getting out of the mess that can happen up here in your head. Yeah. And yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Exactly. Man, I feel like we covered so many things today. This was awesome. I know. 
It's gone so quickly. Yeah, I know. It flew by. I'm like, oh man, we could keep going. I absolutely love everything that you teach and share about Monica. It's amazing. And it's helping so many women. And I'm excited for people to listen to this and and to share it with my audience. I think they're going to really benefit from it in so many ways. So um, where can people find you? And do you have anything else that you want to share before we wrap it up? I think the best place is probably on Instagram. That's where I play the most, have the most fun, do the most sharing. Um, I've got a podcast called Feminine as Fuck, but I feel like if people go to Instagram, they kind of find everything from there. Cool. That's awesome. So everyone listening, make sure you check out the show notes to find these links, to connect with Monica, see what else she is doing, sharing, creating in the world. And thank you again so much. This was awesome. And I am so appreciative of you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time, Stephanie. Thank you everyone for listening. I really enjoyed it. So receiving all this pleasure and thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at thespiritualbossbabe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.